Welcome to episode 17 of the Pursuing Endurance podcast. This week, we are going to be diving into some of the key factors to focus on from a training, nutrition, and recovery perspective as we enter into the you know warmer months of spring and then head into summer and fall, as these months and these seasons do usually mean an uptick in hiking, trail and mountain running, and cycling. So if you participate in any or all of these activities, I would definitely recommend listening to this episode just to help you prepare your body for a great season ahead, which includes helping prevent injury and burnout and really allowing you to flourish as somebody who loves endurance activities. And on that note, without further ado, let's jump in. Welcome to the Pursuing Endurance Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah LaCourse, a certified personal trainer and sports nutritionist with a degree in psychology who emphasizes the importance of focusing on the long game. Let's be real. Endurance doesn't just pertain to sports. It's anything we endure as humans. Here on the podcast, we will dive into topics ranging from sport, mainly of the mountain endurance variety, to entrepreneurship, to eating disorder recovery. Oftentimes, these pursuits will feel like climbing a mountain, even if it's a metaphorical one. I'm here to have conversations around embracing the process of enduring hard things and exploring the gray area that often comes with this. I'm stoked to have you here. Let's jump in. Hey, hi, hello, and welcome back to the Pursuing Endurance podcast. I am thrilled to be recording, sitting here behind my microphone to bring you all another episode. If you are new here or you missed last week's episode, so episode 16 on the podcast, I went deeply into what has been going on with me, but kind of quickly. I had an exploratory laparoscopy March 8th with an endometriosis excision specialist, and they ended up finding endometriosis and excising it, and I have been recovering from that. And let me just tell you, if you are an enthusiastic entrepreneur like myself that has these grand plans of accomplishing things after big medical procedures, um, you're going to be really tired and that probably won't happen. I had all of these grand plans of working on content creation and recording audio for the podcast, and I instead was taking a lot of naps and sleeping 10 plus hours a night and just really hungry all of the time. Our bodies require a lot to recover from surgery and other medical procedures, so a little pro tip for you. But anyways, yes, go have a listen to episode 16 if you are interested in hearing more about that. Essentially, I kind of went over what the surgery was that I had and the details around that, and I really delved into the 16-year journey of getting an endometriosis diagnosis and then the relationship between chronic pain, navigating the medical system, and also eating disorder remission. So it was a heavy episode. It was very personal, but I'm very glad that I recorded it and I've received a lot of feedback on it, which feels, it feels really good to be able to kind of be a light source for others that are going through this. And also it's really infuriating. Like it's really, really infuriating because women's health is so important 
and chronic pain is so real and it shouldn't take this long for anybody to receive a diagnosis or validation or help or relief. And so have a listen if you are interested. And then quickly, just a little housekeeping before I dive into the episode itself today. I wanted to quickly go over the two memberships that I have available on my website, which are Functional Foundation and Fed and Fueled. Again, for anybody who is new here or if you didn't listen to last week's episode, these are now live. I've been working on this for a little bit and it's very similar to the one-on-one coaching that I offered before but a little bit of a different structure and has that membership model kind of concept to it, if you will. Anyways, so I'm going to talk a little bit extra about these today because, hi, this is my podcast and also I have a business and this episode is literally going to be covering pretty much all of the things that I work on with individuals one-on-one. So hello, hashtag marketing. Thank you very much. And so anyways, both Functional Foundation, which is strength coaching, and Fed and Fueled, which is sports nutrition coaching, are memberships that are specifically designed to help endurance and adventure athletes and enthusiasts really get strong and develop resilient foundations, which help them to be able to participate in these endurance activities of choice long term and sustainably feed and fuel the body, because this really is the foundation. As someone who is a long-term endurance athlete and enthusiast across multiple focal areas, realms, whatever word you would like to use there, sometimes I like to use multiple because words are hard. And anyways, as somebody who has been involved in endurance for a long time, from nationally competitive jump roping to ultra running to hiking to gravel biking and a lot of other things sprinkled in there. I understand the importance of strength training, proper nutrition from daily eating to activity-specific fueling, and then a recovery from training and these long mountain days that I do now. And then also from a professional standpoint, as a strength coach and sports nutritionist, I really understand the um, importance of strength training and proper nutrition and fueling for all of these activities. So I I like to emphasize that. And, you know, it's just, it's my passion. And I feel like this is such a buzzword, but it, it really fits here. It's my passion to support endurance loving humans to reach their goals and have a blast doing so and to stay healthy in the process. And so that's my spiel for all of you. So if you are interested in Functional Foundation or Fed and Fueled, check out the link in the show notes below. And I also have a custom coaching option if you are interested in working with me both for strength training and sports nutrition, because that's a different thing that I offer. So anyways, it's all in the show notes. Check it out. And then real quick, I am also now available to work with folks in person if you're local to the Conway, New Hampshire area at Core Community Fitness. And again, information for that will be in the show notes. And so hit me up if you are interested in working with me in any of these capacities. I would absolutely love to help you and support you in reaching your goals in a sustainable and joyful manner. So let me know if I can help you. I would love to do so. And with that, let's now dive into today's episode. 
Like I said in the introduction, we are going to be discussing some of the kind of key factors that are going to be gold to focus on from a training, nutrition, and recovery perspective as we enter into these warmer months of spring and then transition into summer and fall as these months usually mean an increase in outside endurance and adventure activities. And really these factors of training, nutrition, and recovery are going to help you build a super solid foundation and support your body because I'm guessing that it probably takes quite the beating from May-ish through October, November-ish. That's at least for individuals that live in the Northeast. I live in the kind of White Mountain area of New Hampshire, so if you are out West or somewhere else, that probably is completely inaccurate. But for here, at least, and if that's not true for you, um, just move that time frame to when is appropriate for you. Okay, thank you. And so now that we have covered what I'm going to be discussing in a general sense in this episode, how I'm going to structure it is by splitting it up into sections. So I'll chat about different training modalities to help support your endurance training from really strength training to plyometrics to balance and stability and more. And then we will cover nutrition and a little bit around hydration and then practices which can really help your body recover. And so let's get into it. The first thing that I'm going to cover is different training modalities that can really benefit you as you move into the kind of summer and fall season, right? Things that are going to support your endurance pursuits and not hinder them. Because the goal here is to not be crushing it from a training perspective outside of your endurance pursuits that is going to hinder them. We don't want to feel overly sore or fatigued or any of that. We want these things to really be supportive to create a solid foundation, but not be overly taxing on the body so that we can still do what we love endurance-wise. You know, I think it's really easy to get kind of caught up into the hype of things and get into like strength training or plyometric training or, you know, some of the stuff that I'm going to get into and be like, oh my gosh, this is great. I want to do all of it. And there is a season for that. However, this is not it. If your primary thing in the summer and fall is hiking, mountain running, trail running, gravel cycling, mountain biking, like this is not the time to go all in on strength training. With that said, though, there is most certainly a healthy dose of strength training that can be done that will be supportive and very beneficial for your endurance goals that won't overly tax you. It's just a matter of realizing that these things exist in seasons and there is a time and place for everything and we don't need to do all of the things all of the time. In fact, that might actually be detrimental to our goals. And so some of these specific training modalities that might be beneficial for you the first one is strength training, which can be broken down into body weight or resistance based strength training. So, with body weight strength training, right, we're using our body. And this is so, so, so effective. And I think it's really overlooked. But there is so much benefit of strength training using our body because we can use our body in different planes of motion 
throughout different movements that really just create this foundation for our body to feel safe in multiple different movements and planes of motion while also developing strength. And this really does translate to our time on trail and in the saddle. And then the next option for strength training would be banded movements. So we're using bands here, and this is going to increase the resistance that we have in movements that we are performing. And the resistance here is really a variable resistance because if we're thinking about this, we have a band, right? And we're going through a movement. So at the start of that movement, the band is probably pretty relaxed or there's a little bit of tension on it. But in the end range of that movement, there's an increased tension of that band. So therefore, there's a variability in the resistance that the band is giving us. So the stimulus that our muscles are receiving, our body is receiving, is variable. And so this is actually a really unique form of resistance as compared to using dumbbells, a kettlebell, a barbell, where that resistance is the same throughout the movement. And you might be asking, is, is there really a benefit to this? And yes, there is. The basic answer here is that any form of strength training is going to increase our neuromuscular coordination, which is essentially the ability of the central nervous system to be able to control the muscles in the execution of movement. So having our nervous system, so our brain, talk to our muscles, our body, and coordinate movement. And strength training will really work on this. But honestly, all forms of training work on this from right strength training to endurance training to plyometrics to balance and stabilization. Any type of movement is going to increase our neuromuscular coordination, which is just a huge benefit to really translate to all of the movement patterns that we are faced with on trail, right? Like a rock moves under your foot and you have to adjust quickly. Our body now knows how to, and it feels safe doing that. It really just allows your body to be able to respond and be strong in a lot of different movements and also know how to respond in a very efficient manner that isn't going to cause injury. So that's my little rant on neuromuscular coordination because it's so important and it's like the essence of why strength training is so beneficial for those that partake in endurance activities. And so now let's talk about the next type of strength training, which would be resistance from dumbbells, kettlebells, and or barbells. And so really the benefit here is going to be that there is more flexibility in being able to increase the resistance because you have much more variation in the weight of the dumbbell, kettlebell, or barbell specifically versus resistance bands. That said, there are so many different types of resistance bands, but there is definitely a little bit more flexibility in the load using free weights, so dumbbells, kettlebells, or a barbell. And also the variety of movement is a little bit more widespread but this is getting more into specific strength training, which I wouldn't really recommend for the endurance athlete that is entering their summer and fall season. 
And so at the end of the day, I would really recommend maybe some dumbbell and kettlebell based movements, but really reserving these and especially barbell based movements for somebody who has a background in strength training. If you're just getting into it, which is completely fine, there's nothing wrong with that. I would just be hesitant to start adding these right off the bat, especially as we enter into the season where endurance pursuits are just so much more of a focus. I think that there is a huge benefit to this training modality. Now just might not be the best time. And to maybe revisit this late fall and into that season where we're just not doing as much from an endurance-based perspective and really wanting to focus on strength training. That could be a better use for that time period. Again, this is all seasons. And I just want to quickly touch on if you are going to add strength training or you already include strength training, some particular areas that might be beneficial for you to really delve into as we enter this new season would be working on your foot and ankle strength. So our feet and our ankles, they're the foundation, right? And their strength, it really does matter. And I think that is probably the most overlooked component that I see from a strength training perspective in my endurance athletes and enthusiasts that I work with one-on-one in coaching. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think we just kind of forget about it. And I'm just here to remind you that they matter. So foot and ankle strength is number one. And then some of the other areas to really specifically focus on from a strength training perspective would be glutes, hamstrings, quads, calves, back, shoulders, and the core. And I'm not going to get into specific exercises or movements for any of these. I did go over some of my favorite movements for trail runners and hikers in episode one on the podcast. So definitely refer to that if you are curious. But I really can't give too much specifics in this episode as it really is just an overview of things to focus on. And I am planning to do a future episode on my top 15 or 20 um, favorite strength training movements to program for individuals that love endurance pursuits because I just really find that I program them for almost all of my clients because they are so commonly needed. But also, if you are interested, I'll just plug quickly because, hi, again, it's my podcast. So within Functional Foundation, which is my strength coaching membership, there are three tiers. The first is base, and then there is thrive, and then there is perform. And so base is a really great option for those who are wanting to include some strength training, but are just starting out and don't really want anything customized at the moment. And it's a two-time-per-week strength training program that is gen pop, so it's not customized. It is really programmed specific to endurance athletes and enthusiasts that are on the trail and in their saddle a lot. And the movements that I have programmed are movements that I really see most of my clients need. And so I've developed programming to really just be a foundation. And then, you know, if you want more customized options, then we can go up from there. But I just wanted to say that because I created this tier to be able to be an affordable and accessible option for individuals who would like to include strength training, but literally don't know where to start because I understand that it's very confusing. And, you know, I hired a personal trainer when I was 16 years old because I wanted to 
strength training, but I didn't know how to. So I get it. But yes, I will have an episode in the future on my favorite strength training movements. And this is definitely going to include a mix of lower body, upper body, and core because all of these matter for endurance pursuits. I think we so often forget about our upper body. I think the core is definitely more recognized for stabilization. But our upper body is so, so, so important as well, right? Holding a pack for hours, that just muscular endurance and strength to be able to do that. And also holding our body upright in a saddle for hours. These things matter. And so that will be an episode likely early May would be my best guess. And the next training modality that I would like to cover is plyometrics. And plyometrics are really effective for developing explosiveness and also developing power. And I'm not going to get super into the definition of power. And if you are interested, I did cover that in episode 10. Essentially, it is how quickly a movement can be performed that also requires some form of strength. And some examples of plyometric movements are box jumps, explosive step ups, skaters, jumping lunges, reverse lunges to a one-legged jump, and also lateral lunge to a runner's jump. There are a lot, a lot, a lot more. These are just some of my personal favorites that I wanted to share with all of you. Anyways, yes, including plyometric movements is another really great option in addition to strength training. And then the last training modality that I wanted to cover today was balance and stability specific movement. And so going back to those situations that I prompted earlier from stepping on a rock that all of a sudden moves underneath your foot and you need to reevaluate and reassess your situation, or, you know, you're on the bike and you're almost sideswiped by a car, or, you know, even you like go over a rock or a root and you again quickly need to reassess. These are situations where balance and stability really come into play. And some of my favorite ways to work balance and stability are number one, through using single leg movements as part of a strength training program. So this could look like single leg deadlifts, reverse lunges, reverse lunge to a high knee, also step ups to a high knee or lateral step ups to a high knee. I also really like using balance boards or BOSU balls. Those are a really great way to kind of use a piece of equipment that is going to test your balance. Also, a few core specific movements that are great for stabilization are Russian twists and side planks. And then I am also a big fan of bear crawls because they really are full body stabilization and you are using your entire body in this movement. So these are just some of my favorites for balance and stability. And on that, that really covers the training modalities that I wanted to go over today from strength training to plyometrics to balance and stability. And if you are new to strength training, I welcome you to check out episode six on the podcast where I went over some of the factors to consider when beginning strength training. Because like I said earlier, I know it's kind of confusing and possibly really overwhelming as well. So check out episode six if you are starting strength training or even if you're newer to strength training because I might have gone over something that would be beneficial for you and your experience. And so now that we have gone over some of the specific training modalities that 
could possibly be beneficial for you as we make this transition into kind of the summer and then fall season. The next thing that I wanted to cover in this episode is nutrition. And I am going to break this down into nutrition from food, and then we will cover hydration because both food and hydration are both part of nutrition, and I'm just going to split it. I will cover a little bit more on food nutrition in this episode as I've covered it a lot more before. However, there will be a future episode specifically on hydration because it is a very complex and nuanced topic that I just cannot give enough justice today as this episode, again, is more of an overview. So let's first cover nutrition from food, and there are a couple potential things that you might want to be considering as you are transitioning into the summer season, which likely might mean an uptick or an increase in your activity levels. And so some of these things are really day-to-day nutrition, and here we would want to be looking at, are we getting in enough calories throughout the day? Even on our rest days, right? It's not just training days that this matters, but each day, are we eating enough food and fueling our bodies to be able to, one, do the things that we love to do and also recover and also just support our bodily functions that need a baseline amount of calories and energy. So the first would be, right, getting in enough calories day to day. Next, we want to really be focusing on not being in a deficit during activity, which can be really challenging because our bodies burn a lot of energy during these kind of high output endurance activities, right? And so the two of these factors together, right, making sure we're getting enough calories day to day, both on training days and on rest days, and also not being in a caloric deficit during our activity it really does translate to likely having us increase our daily energy requirements because of this increased activity. And so I would just invite you to really kind of start paying attention to your hunger cues and signals and potentially adding in an extra snack throughout the day. This is on training days and on rest days and really paying attention and being in tune to what your body is asking for when you're out doing these endurance pursuits. And then additionally, something else we might want to consider is our fueling and our eating around activities. So pre being before, intra being during, and post being after. And I'm not going to get into the specifics of the recommendations for pre, intra, and post nutrition in this episode because I do have an episode specifically covering these recommendations. That is episode three, where I went over the sports nutrition guidelines, which is all based on current scientific literature. So if you're interested in the scientific recommendations for nutrition around and during activity, please do check that episode out, because that's literally where that information lives. And that would just be the other thing that I would say to really start to think about, right, how we are feeding and fueling our bodies before we do the thing, during the thing, and after the thing. This is, of course, in addition to making sure we are getting in enough calories on a daily basis and not being in a deficit during activity, which, of course, kind of that intra or that during component of activity-related fueling does come into play here. 
So I would definitely just start to, you know, be consciously aware of how you're feeding your body and fueling it around activity. And if you are experiencing more hunger, you know, feed your body, have more snacks, like that's valid. And we need food to do the things and to just live as human beings. And then I will just quickly add here in episode three that I just mentioned, I did cover, so right, those sports nutrition recommendations for around and during activity. So I went over the carbohydrate, protein, and fat recommendations for before, during, and after. I also discussed some of the factors that can contribute to gastrointestinal distress, also bonking and fatigue, which are very common in kind of the endurance realm. So definitely have a listen to episode three if you are interested in hearing more or learning about any of these topics. And I am going to talk a little bit more about gastrointestinal distress and kind of this bonking or fatigue that can happen after I cover hydration as I would like to just cover it as a like whole topic amongst nutrition, not just food nutrition. And so on that, let's now chat about hydration real quick. So like I said before, this is going to be an entirely separate episode in the future as I have not yet covered hydration as a topic on the podcast and it is complex and nuanced and I can't get into it all today. So I'm just going to cover some of the kind of key points for you to consider as we make this transition and just make sure to, you know, subscribe to the podcast and find the future episode on hydration. If this is something that is coming up for you, or if you are wanting to learn more about this. And so at a very base level, proper hydration is really important in preventing dehydration, helping us with performance and potentially helping to prevent gastrointestinal distress. And so I'm going to kind of get into this in a kind of, let's use the analogy of a mile wide and a quarter mile deep. So we're not going to get super into it, but I'm going to cover some of this for you to just be able to, you know, walk away with and have an understanding around and some things to think about. And so let's first just really kind of cover electrolytes. I think, you know, right, we all hear about electrolytes. There's certain products on the market that, you know, they're electrolyte supplements. They provide electrolytes. They're really marketed to folks that sweat a lot that do all of these endurance pursuits. So what the heck is an electrolyte? I think we all know about sodium that is an electrolyte. There are also others. So the electrolytes are sodium, chloride, magnesium, potassium, and calcium. And electrolytes are really just essential minerals. And these minerals, they support our optimal hydration and fluid regulation in the body. They also help with muscle contractions and other bodily functions. And so on top of this, we have intracellular fluid, so fluid within the cells, and then we have extracellular fluid, so fluid outside of the cells. And the electrolytes are part of the equation in maintaining a proper intracellular to extracellular fluid balance. And I'm not going to get into that today, but that is one of the factors in terms of like hydration status in the body. Additionally, hydration is really important for gastrointestinal function as well as gastric emptying. And gastric emptying is the process where the contents of the stomach are moved into the small intestine 
And this process is heavily influenced by the composition and the volume or the amount of ingested nutrients. These can be solid or liquid. And so I'm not going to get into that anymore because I could go down a rabbit hole, especially as somebody with a neuroscience degree and there is the gut brain connection and all of that and all of the things. So we're going to stop there. So I don't rant, but essentially at the end of the day, hydration is very important for our overall gastrointestinal function as well as gastric emptying, which is one of the factors that comes into play when we have gastrointestinal distress during endurance activity. And so kind of wrapping up here on food nutrition and hydration, I really think the biggest factor that I see is an issue with folks is gastrointestinal upset and also underfueling during and around activity. And so if you are really struggling with gastrointestinal upset, the thing that I would really recommend is to use your shorter days. So those, you know, smaller days that you're doing in the mountains, and I'm not going to give mileage because of course this is going to be different for everybody, right? But use your shorter or your smaller days to test things out, try out getting calories from kind of fluids and hydration. So there's so many products on the market, right, that have electrolytes and glucose in them, like Scratch. That's one of my personal favorites. No, I'm not sponsored, but Scratch Labs, they have a great product, which when I do the episode on hydration, I will cover like Scratch, Tailwind, Noon, kind of all of those and what they are. But so Scratch, just to give an example here, have electrolytes and glucose. Glucose actually aids in the uptake of electrolytes, which I'm not going to get into, but also it provides glucose, which is carbohydrate, which is actual literal fuel, right? And also calories. So that's a potential idea. And just try out, you know, do you maybe do well on gels or chews, or you're somebody that does better with solid food. So for me, I really like bars or sandwiches or like pretzels. Those are really some of my go-tos. I do better on solid food. However, I will also use some gels and chews as I see it fit, but I've really let my body get used to them and I've tested them out on smaller days before jumping into something longer and using them. So, right, let's use our smaller and our shorter days to try things out, right? It is really trial and error. So figure out what works for you, what feels good for you and your body, what doesn't cause gastrointestinal distress, and also like training your body to be able to tolerate food while we are doing all of these endurance activities because that's really challenging. So kind of training our gastrointestinal system and our body to be able to use what we're giving it during these shorter outings. And that really does translate when we progress into our bigger and longer days because our body isn't like, what the heck is this? And so I invite you to use your shorter and smaller days as a way to figure out what works and what does not work for you. Trial and error and just testing things out. That's really the magic here. And then of course, making sure we are getting in enough calories and energy on a day-to-day basis and around activity like I talked about earlier. 
And so on that, let's now transition into the final topic that I wanted to cover in today's episode, which is recovery from all of the things that we are asking of our body. I think that recovery is a really overlooked topic or an overlooked tool, if you will. And I'm here to present it from a different angle and or to just remind you of its power and really allowing our bodies to recover from the activities that we do. That's huge because one, it allows for growth and adaptations so that we get stronger, faster, become more efficient. And also it allows us to not feel like sluggish or worn out on our next outing because our body has properly recovered from the prior one. And so some of my favorite ways to really promote recovery and optimize recovery from our endurance pursuits and also our strength training sessions. The first one, which any of you who have listened to this podcast or know me in real life will know I'm going to say nutrition and hydration, especially nutrition. That is huge. Making sure we're eating enough, getting the nutrients that our body needs. That is, I would say, the first and foremost kind of base factor for recovery from the activity that we are doing. But since I have already covered nutrition in this episode, we're going to just skip that and move to the next. So some of the other factors that I find really beneficial for recovery are sleep and napping, right? Making sure we're getting enough sleep time. Sleep is really where our bodies adapt and grow and recover from the things that we are doing. And so sleep is so, 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 so beneficial to recover and get stronger. And this can be our nighttime sleeping and also taking naps during the day. I am a huge fan of naps and I really promote them. So if you have the privilege to take naps and you're able to take them, I would recommend them, especially as we are increasing our activity levels and our body might be feeling a little more fatigued and like it needs a little more assistance to recover. And then the next thing that I would recommend would be a stretching or a yoga routine. When it comes to stretching, I do prefer more of a dynamic stretching, so moving in the stretching. And also yoga is a great tool here as well because it is a very dynamic flow. And I find that these two modalities are really helpful once we've been doing them for a little while to be able to assess what feels good and, you know, what is the left side versus the right side of my body feel? How are they responding to each movement? Is something tight compared to usual or compared to the other side? Does something feel a little off? And this just really gives us kind of a clear vision of what tightness might be coming up in our body, what imbalances might be coming up from side to side, a potential upcoming injury that we could prevent because we have this awareness and we are now able to assess it appropriately and seek out some professional guidance. So that is another tool that I really recommend because not only is it allowing us to assess It also is promoting of recovery because we're moving our body in a very gentle manner and movement is very healing. And then on that, my next favorite is mobility specific work, especially I find the hips and the ankles are really beneficial here. 
And I can't give a ton of specific advice on this podcast because it's audio and I can't really demonstrate anything and I don't know what's going on for you. But I would say if you generally experience like tighter hips, limited range of motion in your hips, ankles, to maybe consult with a physical therapist and figure out some mobility specific exercises that would be beneficial for you to include as this will really give you a clear snapshot of kind of what's going on in your body and really address something that might be going on now so that we're not potentially developing imbalances in the future and then creating injury. So really figuring out from a mobility perspective, you know, do we have any limited mobility and how can we address this and work on this? Because this is a huge aspect to recovery just as a stretching and a yoga routine can be because we're really knowing what's going on with our body and how we can best support it. And so on that, those are my favorite kind of ways to really promote recovery from the endurance pursuits that I'm doing or that my clients are doing. And so I invite you to really try them out and maybe adopt them for yourself. And so on that, that is all I have for you in this episode. And I hope that today's episode was helpful for you as we enter into this new season. And perhaps it sparked some ideas of maybe what to consider implementing in your routine or even a reminder of what to focus on because maybe you already know that some of these things that I went over today are beneficial, but it's hard to really focus on them. So maybe I'm reminding you or maybe I'm sparking some interest. Either way, I hope it was helpful for you. And if this episode or the Pursuing Endurance podcast in general is helpful for you, I would like to ask you to please leave a review, whether it is a five-star review or a written review on Apple Podcast or Spotify. This really just helps get the podcast into more ears. And that is my goal, right? To provide free educational content to individuals via this modality. I love podcasting and so I want to help all of the people that I can and reviews really just help it get a little bit more traction and into more ears. So if you would be so kind to do that, I would really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And then also, if you are not on my Monday Mindset email list, what even are you doing? It is a weekly email on Mondays with a thought, question, or prompt to essentially just provide you with some inspiration and light some fire under your tush for the upcoming week to get and stay on your goals. So join Monday Mindset if you're interested. I would love to have you. It's honestly just like so fun writing every week. And yeah, so if this sounds interesting to you, definitely join in on the fun of Monday Mindset. And with that, that is all I have for you today. So I hope that you found this episode super helpful for you and that you also find the Pursuing Endurance podcast helpful for you. And I hope that you're all getting super stoked for this season ahead. I know I am, so I hope that you are too because I think it's going to be a good one. And so I hope that you're all doing well and taking care of yourselves. And I'm really looking forward to having another conversation again with you soon. And so take care of yourselves and chat soon. Okay, bye.